Thank you, thank you, and welcome, everyone. We appreciate you watching the broadcast today. All of you in the audience, thank you for being here. Such a joy to have you in our studio and looking forward to sharing with you from the Word of God today. And our subject is God's promise to prosper you. Wow, God wants you blessed. God wants you favored. God wants you happy. God wants you to have a good life. We're going to be talking about that in just a few moments. But you know, one of the great joys that I have doing this television broadcast, first of all, is teaching people how to become winners in life through the Word of God. But secondly, I love reading your testimonies. I love hearing back from you, sharing with us how the, the teachings that you receive on the broadcast is helping you in your walk with God, causing you to experience victory in your life. Here's one from someone in Purcell, Oklahoma. And it says, I want to thank you so much for your words of encouragement through your messages. My husband and I were so far apart about three years ago, and I had no hope for our marriage. But through your messages and encouraging letters, I started praying for my marriage. And praise God, we are better now than ever. This year is our 37th anniversary. Keep on keeping on. Praise God. Great report. Here's someone from uh, Bloomington, Indiana. Thank you for teaching me how to write a prayer petition. I want to testify to God's goodness. I sowed a seed into your ministry, believing God for a motor scooter. I wrote out my prayer petition, standing in faith. I have received my brand new scooter, and it's paid for. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen? Praise the Lord. If you'll mix a little water with that scooter, it'll grow up and become a motorcycle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. No, I rejoice with you. I love scooters. That's how I started out. Amen. Well, we're going to be talking about God's promise to prosper you. And I want to encourage you to pay very close attention. If possible, take notes, have your Bible ready, because we're going to learn that our covenant is a covenant of prosperity. Watch this message, and I'll be back in just a few moments. God has promised to prosper you. Biblical prosperity is God's intended lifestyle for believers. In the book, Why God Wants You to Prosper, Jerry Savelle establishes a biblical foundation for understanding the principles of divine prosperity and provides a step-by-step -step explanation of what it takes to walk out of financial bondage. Learn how to enjoy the peace and confidence that come from obeying God and applying His principles to your life. Also included in today's package is the three CD series, Favorable Opportunities for Prosperity. In this encouraging and insightful teaching, you will discover how the blessing of God and the favor of God work together to empower you and produce opportunities for prosperity. Request the God's Promise to Prosper You combo, including Why God Wants You to Prosper and Favorable Opportunities for Prosperity. Just call or visit jerrysavelle.org. Don't wait. Learn to step out of financial bondage into God's promised prosperity today. Before we actually get into the teaching on God's promise to prosper you, I think it's important that you understand that to... Uh, fully understand God's will regarding any matter, then you're going to have to look to the Word of God. God's Word is His will. If you want to know what the will of God is, read the book. You know, I hear Christians say all the time, I just wish I knew what God's will was for my health, for my prosperity, for my marriage. Read the book. It covers every minute detail of your life. Hallelujah. And if you will determine that God's Word is final authority, then praise God, I'm going to tell you what, your life will never be the same. 
My wife and I learned 46 years ago to put God's Word first place and to make it final authority. In other words, no matter what comes up in our life, the first thing we want to know is what does the Word say? If it's sickness or disease trying to attack our bodies, we say, what does the Word say? Of course, we know what the Word says now, but when we first started out, that was how we learned to live by the Word of God is no matter what happened, if it was finances, what does the Word say? Marriage, what does the Word say? Health, what does the Word say? Job, what does the Word say? We depend on the Word of God. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, not to lean to our own understanding, but to acknowledge His Word. Acknowledge Him and His Word and make it first place in your life. So if you want to know what God's will is regarding prosperity, then go to the Word of God. Now, if you find in here anywhere where it says, I would that you uh, fail, and I hope that you live in defeat, and my best is for you to live in poverty, then that would be the will of God. But I got good news for you. You will not find that in this book. <laughs> Amen. You're not going to find anything close to that in this book. So God will never say anything in his word and then will the opposite. Do you understand that? He's not going to say something in his word, and then his will be the opposite of that. That's why you should settle it once and for all that God's word is final authority in your life. So with this in mind, let's go to the book of beginnings, which is obviously the book of Genesis, and let's find out what the will of God was for man when he created him, and we'll determine if that's still the will of God for us today. Genesis 1-1. Man, that's a great place to start. You can't start any further back than Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, if you continue reading that first chapter, it talks about all the things that God created. And then you will notice in verse 4, in verse 10, in verse 12, verse 18, verse 21, and verse 25, that after God creates something, you will find this phrase, and it was good. And it was good. God's the author of everything that is good. Amen. I like to say it this way. If it's not good, it's not God. Amen. Amen. That's a great way to determine, is Satan behind this or is God behind it? If it's not good, it's not God. Can you say Amen. amen. James chapter 1, verse 17, stay there in Genesis, but James 1, 17 makes this statement. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father. That's the reason I know hot fudge Sundays are from God. <laughs> Amen. They're good. Hallelujah. You just can't eat too many of them. Amen. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father. So once again, if it's not good, then it's not God. Is poverty good? No. Ask a poor man. Ask a man who lives in poverty if it's a good thing. He'll tell you immediately, no, it's not a good thing. I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Amen? So if it's not good, it's not from God. Is sickness and disease, is cancer good? No. Ask any cancer victim, and they'll tell you that they wouldn't wish that on anybody. Amen? Why? It's not good. It's life-threatening. And if it's not good, then it's not God. So notice, immediately after creating something, 
The Bible says, and it was good. And then we get down to Genesis 1, 26, and God's talking about making man and making him in his own image. And then notice immediately after creating man, verse 28 says, and God blessed them. Say that with me. God blessed them. So apparently God pronouncing his blessing on man immediately after creating him in the mind of God, that's a good thing. Amen. That's a good thing because everything God creates, it is good. So it was good that the blessing of God be on mankind. Blessed literally means to empower, to prosper. That's one of its greatest meanings. One of its most powerful meanings, empower to prosper. God giving you the power to prosper. Now, once again, God's the author of good things. So apparently it's good in the sight of God for you to prosper. Amen. Amen. If you want to know what God thinks about prosperity, there it is right there. It's good in the mind of God for you to prosper. Now, how you use that prosperity is also important. If all you're doing is consuming it all on your own lust, then your motives are wrong. They're impure. And God's not going to bless that. Amen? But if you use that prosperity in the way that God designed for you to use it, then it'll not only be a blessing to your life, but it'll help a lot of other people as well. That's what it's all about. The 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary defines blessed as this, to make happy, to make prosperous, and to enjoy the favor of God. That's what the 1828 Noah Webster Dictionary says about the word blessed, to make happy. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you happy. You know, when I, when I first got around Christians in the early days of my life as a young boy, uh, I didn't see a lot of happy Christians. I didn't. If I'd have seen happy Christians, I'd, I would have wanted to be like them. But the ones I saw that wanted me to be like them, no thanks. That's the saddest bunch of people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Only time they had happiness was about 15 minutes on Sunday morning during the praise and worship service. Soon as it's over, they went back to sad. <laughs> Amen. I like what Jesse DePlanter says. I've been sad and I've been happy. I don't like sad. <laughs> happy is better. Amen. Amen. To bless, when the Bible says, I will bless them, God speaking, I will bless them. What God is saying is, I want to make them happy. I want to make them prosperous and I want them to enjoy my favor in every area of their lives. If you know anything about my life and about this ministry, the favor of God is a primary theme around here. Praise God. We learned how to walk in God's favor 46 years ago, still doing it to this day. And I am one happy man. Hallelujah. God has made me happy. God has prospered me and God has enabled me to walk in his favor. And I give him all the glory. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on him. Praise God. Amen. Notice God did this by pronouncing his blessing on Adam and Eve. So you could say God commanded his blessing upon them, which would imply that it was to be on their lives for the entirety of their lives. It was to work in their behalf for the entirety of their lives. How was Adam and Eve supposed to live? According to God's plan, blessed, happy, prosperous, and favored. 
I want you to write that in your notes. You that are watching by way of television, write that in your notes if you're taking notes. God's plan was for them to live happy, blessed, prosperous, and favored. And then add, and that's his will for my life as well. Amen. Amen. That's his will for your life. And I'll prove that to you as we continue to go. So Adam and Eve were supposed to live blessed, happy, prosperous, and favored by God. That sounds like a good thing. If you keep reading, you'll find in chapter two that God not only pronounced his blessing on them, but he placed in that garden everything that they would need to live an abundant life. In uh, chapter two, uh, verse 12, it says, and the gold of that land is good. God put gold in that land. God put precious stones in that land. Everything he, he put in there for them was for their benefit, was for their well-being, for their enjoyment. God saw to it that they lacked nothing. They lacked no good thing. God furnished them with everything they could desire, leaving nothing to be desired. You could say it like this. They had it made. They had it made. And all he told them to do was just be obedient to his word. That's all they had to do was obey what he said. And they would live this have it made kind of lifestyle. That is until they committed high treason. That's when sin came. That's when Satan took charge. That's when uh, sickness and disease came into the earth. That's when poverty, lack, and want came into the earth. Notice none of that was there before they committed high treason. You can't find anywhere in the first chapter, the second chapter of Genesis, where Adam and Eve were ever sick. They were ever broke. They lived in survival mode. They was not there. They had no fear. They didn't worry. <laughs> Amen. None of that existed until they committed high treason and sin entered. And that's when sickness and disease and poverty and lack and want came as well. And also what the Bible refers to as the curse, the curse, the abundance that God had created for them was no longer being enjoyed after the curse came. Adam and later the rest of mankind uh, who uh, uh, were told that they would have to toil and to sweat in order to just survive. The Bible says that the ground became cursed in Genesis 3:17, and that men would spend the rest of their lives in sorrow. Notice sorrow is the opposite of happiness. So what does that tell us? That when the curse came, happiness left, prosperity left, abundance left, and now they're living their lives in sorrow. That's the opposite of what God had planned for man. So that tells us that the blessing was no longer working in their lives. Verse 18 tells us that everything that God had created beautiful was now turned into thorns and thistles. And this thing had a, a powerful effect upon the earth, didn't it? Had a powerful effect upon mankind. And obviously this is not the kind of life that God had intended for them, but it was man's sin that changed the good life into a life of bondage. Eventually, God started all over with a man by the name of Noah. And this is recorded in Genesis chapter 9. And it says in verse 1 that God blessed Noah and his sons. Notice, even though Adam and Eve blew it, God's plan for man did not change in the least. Notice that same blessing that God had pronounced on Adam and Eve, 
he's now pronouncing it when he started all over with a, with a whole new generation of people. He started all over with Noah and his sons, and it says, and he pronounced and conferred that same blessing upon them. So what does that tell us? That God wanted them to prosper just like he wanted Adam and Eve to prosper. Can you say amen? amen. Adam and Eve uh, had blown it, but God's plan didn't change. The latter part of James chapter 1, verse 17 we read earlier where every good and perfect gift comes from God, but the latter part of that verse says, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The New International Version says, who does not change. So notice here, the will of God for man didn't change, even though man blew it. Amen? So what does that say? That the will of God for you and me is the same today as it was for Adam before sin came. Isn't that good news? Praise God. Well, because God doesn't change. His plan didn't change. And that's the reason he pronounced that blessing on Noah and his sons. His heart yearned for man to live the abundant life which he originally had created for him. That's why later he introduced himself to a man by the name of Abram. And the first thing he says to Abram, I will bless thee. Genesis 12, verse 2. Notice the same theme all the way through. He blessed Adam and Eve. He blessed Noah. And now he's going to establish this covenant with this man by the name of Abram, whom he later changed his name to Abraham. And the first thing he says to him is, I will empower you to prosper. I'm going to make you happy, son. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to give you favor and you're going to have it made just like I originally had intended for Adam and Eve. Isn't that great news? Praise God. You know, where are the theologians when they were teaching all this? Where did this doctrine come from that God wants us poor? They weren't reading the Bible. Amen. So he says, I will bless thee. And this word bless in Genesis 12, 2 uh, comes from the same meaning or carries the same meaning as it did in Genesis chapter 1. It means empowered to prosper. And it says in Genesis 12, 7, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, unto thy seed will I give this land. Notice the first thing God does is empower him to prosper. And then he starts giving him good things, just like he did Adam. Amen. Amen. Why? Because that's the nature of God. God's a giver, not a taker. Don't, go, don't ever go around saying God took this from me. God took this from me, that from me. Well, didn't the Bible say from Job, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh? Yes, that is a, a, a statement, a true statement. Job did say it, but it's not a statement of truth. There's a difference. Amen. 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 If I said to you this morning in this, uh, during this television broadcast, uh, God uh, doesn't like you, but he sure loves you. You could walk out here and say, Jerry Savelle said that God didn't like this one lady, but he loved the other lady. That would be a true statement. I said that, but it wouldn't be a statement of truth. There's a difference. You get it? Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. It's recorded. Job did say that. That is a true statement. But what Job said was not an accurate statement. Amen. So, and, and isn't it amazing how for centuries denominations have built a doctrine out of that? You know, like uh, when I first came to the Lord and I'd been in the ministry just a, a short time and 
was invited to come to Oklahoma City to do a youth meeting. And uh, we were having such phenomenal success with the youth in the streets, winning people to Christ, that finally the pastor invited me to come to the deacon board prayer meeting. And so I'm sitting in this prayer meeting. These are the deacons of the church. And the head deacon happened to be the wealthiest person in the church who also controlled the church and controlled the pastor, you know, and it happened to be a woman. And uh, she was an extremely wealthy woman. And she was leading the prayer meeting. And then she had her husband to come up and he also was leading with her. And he asked for prayer requests. And one of them said, we need to pray for Brother Joe. You know, a few months ago we prayed uh, that, that Brother Joe would get a job. He lost his job and, and that Brother Joe would get a new job. And you remember he came and testified he got a new job, but he lost it last week. We don't know why God giveth and why God taketh away. And I'm sitting there listening to this. These are the deacons. And the pastor said, yes, amen. I thought, you too? <laughs> He's not any smarter than them. And then they said, and we need to pray for Sister Sue. You know, she's got cancer. We don't know why God put this cancer on her, but we do know, you know, the Lord is able. And they all said, yes, amen. Pastor said, amen. I thought, you too? <laughs> and finally, I sat there listening to this total unbelief, non-scriptural junk, and I felt a Smith Wigglesworth coming on. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? When Smith Wigglesworth was, was put in the midst of unbelief, he, he did not tolerate it. In one meeting where it was happening and a preacher was preaching total unbelief, Smith Wigglesworth just stood up right in the middle of the guy's sermon and said, Stop him, Lord! He's charging the air with unbelief! And the preacher sat down, Smith took over, charged the air with faith, and miracles and healings took place. I felt a Smith coming on. You know, and, and I got real uncomfortable now, and I said, Lord, don't make me do this. You'll get me in trouble. These people... I think they have rocks in their pockets. They may stone me before I get out of here. He said, you tell them that is not scriptural. I said, Lord, the pastor's here. I'm just the youth preacher. Tell them. I raised my hand. Uh, oh, you have something to say, Brother Savelle? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. I couldn't believe what came out of my mouth first. I've never been in more unbelief in my life. You people should know better. Oh, you know something we don't know? Apparently so. <laughs> now, they thought I was being smart aleck. And so I got up and just said what the Word said. They got so mad at me, especially the woman in charge. She said, your meeting is over. I was scheduled to be there a whole week. I've only gone three days. Your meeting is over. You're done. She gave me $50 and said, if you're ever coming through Oklahoma City again, don't stop at our church. <laughs> and they sent me home. You know, well... Sometime later, I went to work with Brother Copeland, and I'm his associate minister now. And our first meeting was in, well, not the first, but shortly after I went to work with him, one of our first meetings was Oklahoma City. And I'm getting up doing the introduction, and there's that woman and her husband sitting in the meeting. I thought, they came over here to tell Brother Copeland on me, you know. <laughs> and after he got through preaching, I got ready to close, and I started off the platform. They followed me. And that woman said to me, you remember me? I said, oh, yes, I'll never forget you. <laughs> she said, uh, 
I just want you to know, you made me so mad that day in that prayer meeting. In fact, you made me so mad, I went home and I got my Bible and started reading my Bible again and found out you were right. And I just want to apologize to you. My husband and I are on the right path now. And we know that the will of God is not for us to be sick and to be broke and to be defeated. And we want to thank you for not compromising and was my partner until she died. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord. So you need to let the word be final authority. We have just seen in the short time we've had thus far, we have seen just a few scriptures that prove that God wants you blessed. God wants you happy. God wants you prosperous. And God wants you to live a highly favored life, the good life. I'm telling you folks, if you just read your Bible and determine you're going to live by it, you have got it made. Amen. Give the Lord a shout if you believe that. Praise God. Amen. We'll be back in just a few moments. Watch this announcement, and then I'll come back with some closing remarks. God has promised to prosper you. Biblical prosperity is God's intended lifestyle for believers. In the book, Why God Wants You to Prosper, Jerry Savelle establishes a biblical foundation for understanding the principles of divine prosperity and provides a step-by-step -step explanation of what it takes to walk out of financial bondage. Learn how to enjoy the peace and confidence that come from obeying God and applying His principles to your life. Also included in today's package is the three CD series, Favorable Opportunities for Prosperity. In this encouraging and insightful teaching, you will discover how the blessing of God and the favor of God work together to empower you and produce opportunities for prosperity. Request the God's Promise to Prosper You combo, including why God wants you to prosper and favorable opportunities for prosperity. Just call or visit jerrysavelle.org. Don't wait. Learn to step out of financial bondage into God's promised prosperity today. What a great time we've had in the Word today. I trust you've been blessed and inspired and encouraged and at the same time challenged. If you're one of those people that have been taught that prosperity is evil, that money is bad, that sickness is a blessing from God, then I challenge you today to get in the Word of God. Don't accept somebody else's Word for this. Make the Word of God final authority. And I'm telling you, your life will never be the same. Don't forget our special offer this week, my book on why God wants you to prosper, and then three CDs entitled Favorable Opportunities for Prosperity. I was preaching in Tulsa, Oklahoma a couple of years ago. Actually, we were doing a motorcycle tour with our Chariots of Light, and uh, we just left Branson, Missouri, uh, where I preached in Pastor Keith Moore's church, and we were on our way to Tulsa, Oklahoma to preach. And I'm riding my motorcycle down to Tulsa along with about 50 or 60 other guys. And the Lord said to me while I was riding, if the blessing is the empowerment to prosper, what is favor for? Because in Genesis 12, 2, from the Amplified, God said to Abraham, I will bless you and I will give you an abundant increase of favor. He said, if the blessing is to empower you to prosper, what is favor for? And before I could even answer, he said this, the blessing is the empowerment to prosper. Favor creates the opportunities to make it happen. What a great revelation, praise God. So that's what this is about. Not only that God wants you to prosper, God will, has blessed you, God has favored you, but how you can get in position to experience 
opportunities for prosperity. Order these resources right away. All the information is on your screen. Thanks again for joining us today. I appreciate you uh, sharing your testimonies with us. Keep them coming. And you remember now, your faith will overcome the world.